When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley, Nate Hanson, Max Barr on the ones and twos. This is a special edition of the podcast. I'm so pumped up for this one. We do it every year, and we have receipts on how these things play out. So this one is a special one because we do all of our preseason predictions, right? We have a list of questions that we're going to get to, both Trailblazers related and NBA related, championship, MVP, all of the award season. We're going to make it happen on this episode. But before we dive into what's going to happen this year, it's time to take a look back at what happened last year and just how amazing we were in calling these shots. So Jared, you were able to do some of the research behind last year's predictions, and it was amazing, right? Well, we're extremely, extremely smart prognosticators. So like you said, we made 15 picks between the three of us uh, for the NBA champion, MVP, rookie of the year, most improved player, and sixth man of the year. And of those 15 picks, we got a whopping Zero correct, <laughs> which was two years ago, we got four out of 15, right? And I thought that was terrible. And then we just dropped it even, dropped it even further this time. So uh, some of the highlights, um, Nate, who did you pick to win the championship last season? Uh, I, I picked the Golden State Warriors. That was, yep. a, that was a, as I was telling you guys for the podcast, I, I was out on that pick two games into the season after watching them play twice. I was completely out on that pick. And then they got the second pick in the draft, so. <laughs> um, all three of us picked Steph Curry to win MVP. Uh-huh. Um, so Orlando and I both went with Zion Williamson to win Rookie of the Year, which he didn't, but he, he was good. Um, you, Nate, picked Tyler Hero to be the Rookie of the Year, which he didn't win, but he's amazing. So I like that pick, even if he didn't win. But yeah, yeah we were 0 for 15 last season, so. We're uh, super, super good at this, but it's all for fun. And, you know, you find me an NBA prognosticator who gets most of their stuff right, and uh, there are none. So, I also want to point out that uh, we did some very Blazers-specific ones, and I think most of us had the Blazers winning like 50 games <laughs> last year, being like a top four, top five seed. So it wasn't just NBA-wise, even with the Blazers. Uh, we were not hot last year. But, hey, the, the, the good side of it is, uh, if we get one right this year, just one, that's improvement, baby. That's a win in my book. The only thing we were good at last year was we also we picked uh, which Blazers player would underperform. And we were – all three of us were pretty spot on. Nate said Zach Collins, which, yep, that's right. I said Hassan Whiteside. I think, you know, you could notch that as a win. And Orlando, he said – 
that Anthony Simons wasn't going to live up to the preseason hype, which also was accurate. So we were pretty good on that, but pretty much from other than those those three picks, we were uh, wasn't our finest uh, finest hour. It was funny because I thought I thought um, I had nailed the Steph Curry MVP thing. So did I. <laughs> I was like, it made so much sense, and I was heavy on Kent Bazemore, and oh, oh yeah. was I wrong on that one for the Blazers, you, man. You you were heavy on Kent Bazemore all the way through. You out in Bazemore Island over there with some nice real estate. Dude, yeah. I was there all alone. The weather turned really bad when I was on the island. It just it wasn't a good look for me, man. So it, Nate, it I think bad. that you picked uh, Bazemore to, to exceed expectations as well. Yeah, I was uh, I was high. Look, look, I'm tired of talking about the past. <laughs> we moved on. That's an excellent transition. (laughs) Yeah, we're ready. We're ready to look forward. Look to the future. Well, guys, I'm really looking forward to your guys' answers to these questions so that we can look back on it and really brag about how amazing we were once again. So you guys know how we roll. We have three questions, three answers. There's three of us. But these ones have, like, multiple questions within the question. So we'll start with number one. The Blazers won 35 games last year, squeaked into the playoffs with the eighth seed in the Western Conference. So how are the Blazers going to do this season? How many wins will they have? Do they make the playoffs? And if so, what seed do they get? Who else makes the playoffs in the Western Conference? Guys, the table is set. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. raising his hand. Go for it. I want to have the first correct prediction (laughs) of the podcast. So here we go. Will the Blazers make the playoffs? Yes, they will. Correct answer number one. Ding, ding, ding. All right. So we got the Blazers in the playoffs here, which is, I mean, as we learned, there are some ESPN projections that don't have them in the postseason. The West is, again, stacked. It's going to be difficult uh, to make your way through the season. I think the Blazers will finish, we have to remember, 72-game season, not an 82-game season. I think they'll finish somewhere around 45 wins and uh, be the number four seed in the West. And 45 wins this year would be a normal 51-52 win team. And I think the Blazers have that in them, and I think that will be good enough for them to finish as the four seed in the West. So I think that's three correct predictions right off the top there. Yes, playoffs, 45 wins, and the four seed. Three for three right there. Let's hear it, Jared. You're going to nail all three of those right, yes. on the, right on the money? That's nice. Right on the nail. All right, I, I, uh, that, would, that would be a good season. Um, I mean, I think the Blazers are obviously much better this season than last. They improved their defense, improved their depth. Um, take away like a major injury to Damian Lillard or Yusuf Nurkic. I think the team is better equipped to deal with injuries if they pop up this season because of their depth. Um, I think we've seen in the preseason so far, and preseason doesn't matter that much, but we've seen it's going to take team some time to gel on the defensive end of the court even with better defensive personnel because they're changing so much of their defensive philosophy which is a good thing but it's going to take a little time to figure that out but even with that they look like they'll be a top five offense again this season and it looks like they now have the personnel to push them in the back into the top half of the league on defense which is a good thing and so with that I see the team getting back to the level level of performance that we saw from them two seasons ago and three seasons ago they won 49 games three seasons ago, 53, two seasons ago, both of those seasons, they finished third in the West. And I think they had the potential to be better than those teams because Lillard, McCollum, and Nurkic are all better. 
They're all in their prime. You know, Nurkic isn't even in his prime years yet. He's getting there. And I think Covington and Derek Jones Jr. look like they might be upgrades over Harkless and Aminu from those teams. So I think the team also has better depth. So count me in. I'm totally in on this team. I'm going to give them, like you said, where, you know, we've got 72 games this season. So I'm giving them 48 wins, which is the equivalent of a 55-win season. Giving them the number two seed in the West. I'm staying consistent with that. I think I've said that the last two podcasts, and I'm going to stick with it. I think that they're the number two seed in the West. Wow. Wow. Bold predictions, man. I like that. Man, winning two-thirds of their games? That'd be for, man, Jared, coming in hot. Well, it looks like it's a it's a clean sweep. All three of us believe that the Trailblazers will make the playoffs. Right. They This is a much better team, more depth. And like Jared said, this team is built to withstand a few more injuries. So I like the direction that this team is headed once they – Get it all going, and we get a chance to see these guys play a few more games together. With that said, I think that they're going to win 41 games. Oh, Oh, wow. Oh. I think they're going to be in that four to five seed range. I have them down to to, just to pick. I'm going to say a fourth seed. I just don't know if that will be enough wins. I'm more – I'm more confident on the 41 wins than I am the seed, but uh, we'll say for to have it down on paper, 41 wins gets them the four seed. So that would be the equivalent of a 47 win season in a regular 82 game slate. So, so Orlando's a little lower, mm-hmm. Jared's high, and I'm like right in the middle ground here with the Blazers. But we all, we all, as we've talked about throughout the the podcast we've done so far this season, clearly we all think this team is better than the teams they've had the previous couple of years. And I think that's reflected in the way we think the season's going to go for them. Uh, as far as the rest of the West guys, because that was the other part of this question, who else makes the playoffs in the Western Conference? Jared, did you have a list of your eight or 10 teams with the playing game who will be involved? I did, and uh, I, I have a, a list of eight teams here, and I kind of went out on a limb here. I don't think that it's uh, how you'd expect it to go. Um, at number one, I have the Nuggets finishing first oh. in the West. So uh, wait, wait, pause, pause. Jared's got hmm. the Nuggets one and the Blazers two. That's right. Wow. And I'll get into why. I have the Lakers and Clippers three and four, and those are the two teams who, who I think are actually the two best teams in the West but I have them finishing behind the Nuggets and the Blazers. I have the Warriors fifth, the Mavericks sixth, the Jazz seventh, and the Suns eighth. Now, the reason I picked the Nuggets and Blazers to finish above the Lakers and Clippers is because looking at the Nuggets, I think they just keep getting better. And I feel like I underestimate them every season. They've challenged for the number one seed in the West, you know, in the past couple seasons. I do think the Lakers and Clippers are better teams than the Blazers and probably better than the Nuggets. But I also think both of those teams are going to rest their stars more during the regular season. And I'm also going to move the Clippers down a notch because of the chemistry issues that ruined their season last season. 
Um, they made some good moves in the offseason. They brought in Serge Ibaka, some veterans. They made a coaching change, and that might be enough to fix those chemistry issues. But I want to wait and see how that unfolds. Um, the Warriors at five, even without Klay Thompson, I think as long as Steph Curry's healthy, they're going to be a handful. The Mavericks, they're at six, even without Kristaps Porzingis to start the season. They're still really scary on offense, and I think they improved their defense with the addition of Josh Richardson. The Jazz at seven, I think I'm underestimating the Jazz. I think this is kind of where they fell and the way I lined it up, but I think they might finish higher. And then I have the Suns making the playoffs. I think they're poised to break out and get back into the playoffs. They were really good in the bubble last season. I think that Chris Paul was a good addition, at least for this upcoming season. And then I've got a few contenders, playoff contenders on the outside looking in. The Rockets, there's just too much drama there for me right now. Uh, the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson is going to miss part of the season. Go ahead and draft Brandon Clark in your fantasy league, but I think that losing him is going to hurt them. And I left out the Pelicans because I just want to give them one more year. I think they're still young and need one more year of season and before they get into the playoffs. So that's my, those are my picks for the West. Jared, uh, a lot, we're on the same page here a lot, uh, not at the top. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with the two best teams, the teams that I think are the two best. I'm just going to put them one, two, right? Yeah, that, that makes total sense. I, I tried doing what you did last year and I'm pretty sure I had the jazz as the one seed did oh, not did work out. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to roll with the Lakers are the one seed. The Clippers are the two seed, and I'm going to say the Nuggets are the three seed. They've been a great regular season team for a couple of years, and a lot of their season will depend on Michael Porter Jr.'s development as they lost some uh, players over the offseason, but I think he'll be great this year for them. And then I got, like I said, got the Blazers four. The Jazz, I have them at five uh, with Bogdanovich back, and after having Conley for a full season, I'm interested to see if, that, if the chemistry is better on that team. The Mavericks, I'm with you, Jared. I have them at six, just mainly because they have Luka. Like, I don't even care when Chris stops Porzingis comes back. If team See, with if Luka Porzingis Doncic, was healthy, I, if Porzingis was healthy, I would have put the Mavericks higher. Yeah, I would have too. I think they're but really good. Just having Luka Doncic and capable players alongside of him makes them a playoff team. The yeah. Suns, I have as the seven seed. You talked about Chris Paul's arrival. And then the last team I have in, and this is just giving them the benefit of the doubt again, is those Warriors. Uh, I put them in as the eighth seed because you look at their roster after Steph, Draymond, Oubre, and Andrew Wiggins, and it's not a lot to look at behind that those four. But with Steph, I'll give them the nod to be uh, the last team to get it. I like it. Guys, I'm uh, my list – I wish you guys could see the way I wrote this because it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's such a hot mess. I spent the day uh, writing these answers down, and it is so, like, scratched up, crossed off, arrows going everywhere yeah. for this question because the West is so tough, and you can make the case between, like, the five seed and not in the playoffs. And oh, yeah. it not be crazy. So – my list does look pretty similar to you guys. Uh, I went the Nate route on this, although Jared fires off a, a really good valid point with uh, the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, the Lakers are going to be trying to rest dudes whenever possible. You know, I know that the league is trying to mandate and, and limit, you know, when those guys are able to take days off with national televised games and stuff, but. Um, take them off against the Blazers, fellas. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Lakers, Clippers, one and two. 
Um, I, I'm a believer in the Nuggets, man. And um, when you said when you had them at the top, I was like, yeah, I can totally see that. So I I, I feel pretty confident in the Nuggets uh, being the the three seed this year. That that team is so good. They continue to get better every year. They have the pieces. They've got depth. They've got weapons. So I'm, th- that team is is legit. And then uh, just based on the prediction that we said with the Blazers earlier, I think they're the four seed. Um, so those are my top four. And then things really get messy, and I think I'll probably kind of give away my answer to some of the NBA, you know, awards questions with where I put this team. But at five, I'm going with the Mavericks. Okay. I think I think they make that jump with, with Luka alone. Um, he's just such a, a transcendent special talent. Um, I'm all in on that dude. Uh, and then coming in at number six, I'm going to take the Jazz. Yeah. And then I'm going Warriors and Suns to round out my list. Okay. So I'm with you guys. Uh, it's just – it's hard to pick against a, a healthy Steph Curry to not make the playoffs. Uh, I have a hard time seeing that. Um, but then, uh, like you guys mentioned, the, the reason why I left the Rockets off was just because there's so much turmoil. There's so much going on with that team that I think that even with Harden alone, he, if, if it's a happy Harden, I think this team's probably good enough to get that eighth seed or the seventh seed even. Um, yeah. I think he's that good of, of an offensive weapon. But I can't go there with, with the Rockets. I like the Pelicans. And the other one that, that really just is difficult for me visually to leave off the list was the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I just know yeah. that they're going to they're gonna be around. So that one was yeah. tough. And like you said, I think the Pelicans – they're another team that's going to flirt with it. Yeah. And it's just which way is the ball going to bounce with them as well. I think we had all, all eight of the same teams, didn't we, just in slightly different orders? We did. That's what I was going to say. That's interesting because we didn't talk about this at all mm-hmm. as to who no. our eight teams are going to be. And we're all out on the Rockets. Uh, yeah. I completely with Orlando. If, if we knew for sure even unhappy James Harden was going to be there all year, I would have put him in. But yeah. I don't know if he is going to be there or not. Yeah. So I just wasn't going to mess with it. And, yeah, the Pelicans, you guys both talked about, they're the other team I kind of looked at. But, you know, last year the NBA did everything they could to get them into the postseason, and they completely flopped. So I'm kind of like, you got to show me before yeah. I believe it with them. But we all got the Blazers in there in the top four. Yeah. The top four teams in the West. Home court. I, I had a feeling one of you guys would be high. I thought Nate might be a little bit lower on the Blazers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good place to be. I think there's, we're, we're all drinking the Kool-Aid right now. <laughs> yeah. What, what they have. Hopefully, I mean, the uh, West is just so tough. Like you could see, I mean, any of those teams we left out, I could see them making the playoffs. I could see the Blazers finishing in the bottom half of the playoff race. I don't see them missing the playoffs because they just don't. Dame gets them there every year, but uh, the West is, is, is stacked. It's crazy. I'm hoping that Blazers Kool-Aid this year is better than the one we had last year. <laughs> yeah. Last year's did us dirty. We were pretty high on them last year, too. <laughs> They're not serving up any more base, uh, on Baseball Island, so uh, yeah. we're, we're good there. All right, guys, question two. This is a two-part question. Which Blazers player do you think will exceed expectations this season? And which Blazers player do you think won't live up to expectations this season? Who wants to go for this one? I'll start. So who exceeds expectations? It's hard to pick a Blazers player who's going to exceed expectations right now because especially among the fan base and a lot of NBA pundits, the expectations are already really high for the Blazers. You know, they all were really high on the Blazers offseason moves. 
But I do think you've, you've heard it on this podcast. You've seen it elsewhere. There is some worry about the fit of Derek Jones Jr. on this roster. He seems like a great fit with his defense, his cutting, his energy, almost like a better version of Maurice Harkless, like I said before. But his outside shooting has some wondering if Stotts will be able to keep him on the court if he can't hit outside shots. But I think he's going to exceed expectations in that department. I think he's going to remain the starter at one of the two forward spots throughout the season. And I think he's going to have his best season shooting the three. I think part of it is just he's going to be in Stott's offense. He's not only going to be encouraged to shoot the three when he's open, but he's going to be expected to shoot the three when he's open. That's part of Stott's offense. And I think he's going to make enough to keep the defense honest. I think he has good form. I think he makes his free throws. I think that he's shown improvement as a three-point shooter, you know, for the most part, you know, throughout his career. And I think this season he's going to shoot better than 33% from the three-point line. And he's a career 28% three-point shooter, so that's a big jump. But I think he's going to be good for the Blazers, so he's my pick to exceed expectations. Do we want to just go along that line and then go back to who doesn't live up? Yeah, that's cool. I'll, right. I'll jump on, I'll jump on in with the exceed expectations here. Uh, it's not Derek Jones Jr. That's I didn't expect it to be. <laughs> no surprise to anyone who's listened to the previous podcast. I'm, I'm looking up Jared's idea of improvement on three-point shooting right now, but I'll get back around to that. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with Robert Covington. Uh, and I know that there are some people who have a lot of expectations for him, and we've obviously talked about him a bunch as being the key acquisition. But I think the Blazers, especially last year, they were so bad at the four position. And Melo stabilized it. But, you know, as a starter, you, you'd still want more. Than, than what Mello was able to give the Blazers last year out of that position. And I think if Robert Covington just does what he normally does, the fans, because they're used to seeing Al Farouk Aminu and, uh, you know, whoever played the four position, Winyan Gabriel in the playoffs last year, we're used to seeing those type of guys play that Robert Covington will just be a breath of fresh air all around for the team. So I think just based on him, his – consistency in the past if he can just play to that level I think Blazers fans are going to be in love with him that they have a guy who can contribute or actually contribute for them on both ends of the floor and so I'm gonna go with Rocco as my exceeds as Jared mentioned the expectation level for this team makes this question a little difficult because I feel like a lot of people are high on your your obvious picks and so I, I decided to dive into both of these questions based on the bench more than anything. And I really like Gary Trent Jr. And I think based on his performance in the bubble, I think we're going to get a steady dose of that. And he's going to carve out a, a, a serious role off of this bench. And I think he could push to be the most important bench player this season. I think he's been that good and has the potential to be. He does so many things well that this team needs from that position, both defensively and knocking down the three at a consistent pace. So my guy for exceeding expectations, Gary Trent Jr. I, I like that pick. I just The only reason I didn't go with Gary Trent was just because I guess my expectations for it are probably a little bit higher than maybe other people's mm -hmm. expectations. But yeah, people, that's, that's the hard part about this question is what yeah. do people expect? That's why what I didn't go with Rocco for the same yeah. reason. Cause I mm -hmm. think that 
expectations for him are already sky high. All right. Yeah. Well, well, whose expectations, uh, who's not going to live up to the hype here, Jared? Bring it on. I think I'm going to shock you guys because we just talked about him, but I'm going to go with Gary Trent Jr. Oh. And I'm not saying he's not going to have a good season. I just think that he's going to have a hard time maybe living up to the expectations that some have placed on him based on what he did in the bubble last season. I mean, if you just look at his, his overall performance last season, it was very good. You know, he scored almost 10 points a game, shot really well from three, defended well, um, carved out a spot in the rotation. But I think that we all remember what he did in the bubble when he was maybe the Blazers, what, third best player, fourth best player in the, bu- in the bubble. And so I think some people, I think the expectations for him might be a little bit inflated right now, just thinking about what he did there and expecting to see that on a more consistent basis. I still think he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to play good defense. I think he'll hit threes. I think he's going to be a really important member of the rotation, one of the Blazers' best bench players. But I also see him finishing with similar stats as last season. I don't think he's going to get a huge jump in minutes. I think he's going to probably get 25 minutes per game off the bench or something like that because it is hard to get minutes at the guard position. Um, I think he's going to average about 10 points per game. He's going to shoot the ball well from three. But I don't think that's going to be the breakout season that some expect from him where they're thinking, oh, he's going to come in and average 16, 17 points a game and, and light it up like he did in the bubble. So my pick is and not that he's going to have a bad season. It's just based on what, where I see the expectations for him right now. It's Gary Trent Jr. Man, I fully expected Jared to come in with the, uh, the mellow argument here because <laughs> Jared, Jared had sprinkled some of that mellow dust uh, mm-hmm. in these earlier podcasts. So. Uh, you surprised me a little bit with that. I like picture. I like what I've heard from Mello, and I like what I've seen from Mello. And again, okay. it's preseason; who cares? But uh, but I'm not as worried about him right now as I was. Okay, I think I'm going to surprise you with my underperforming player a little bit because it's not Derek Jones Jr., which is who I think you both fully expect. I, I would have say. thought that would. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were going to get to go back and forth on that. No. Uh, one of the reasons I didn't put Derek Jones is because if he makes these splash electric plays, you know, it's fans love it. Yeah. And so if he's making those type of plays, even if he's not a great shooter still, I think it'd be hard for fans. I think fans will still wrap their arms around him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with someone who hasn't been talked a lot. So this is probably my personal expectation going into the year versus where I'm at with him now. And that's Rodney Hood. Uh, just because my – my last memory of him playing with the Blazers is he was a sniper from the three-point line. You know, he's shooting 49% from three. And, you know, the, the year they made it to the Western Conference Finals, he was making big shots for them. And coming from an Achilles injury is really tough for guys to do. And I haven't necessarily uh, loved uh, what I've seen from him so far. Granted, it is preseason and everything, but I haven't loved it. And so I'm going to say he's just not going to be the same type of player, at least at the beginning of this year, that Blazers fans have been used to seeing. Maybe he gets there by the end and we see a gradual improvement. But I thought, you know, a month ago we were talking, I thought he should be in the starting lineup. And I think I see why he's clearly not in the starting lineup. Um, He's just not at that level yet. So I'm going to go with uh, Rodney Hood. Uh, Goes from having one of the best seasons of his career to – potentially having a really tough one uh, because as he recovers from this injury. Yeah. It's yeah. Gonna take him, that's a good call. It's going to take him a lot of time mm-hmm. to get up to speed. Um, Terry Stotts even mentioned before 
the first preseason game that it was like he was sucking wind at practice. There's no way I'm going to we're going to put him out there, you know. So like there there are so many elements besides the Achilles that he's got to work through to get back to that best season of his career type play. So from a just logical perspective, that makes a lot of sense with with Rodney. And I, it's oh. going to take him some time before he's that that dude. Orlando um, promoting me as the man of reason. I like that. It, it really is. I, I, I do. I think that's super reasonable there. Uh, the way that I, I tend to pop out of this one, because I hate, I hate picking this one, is I base it a lot more on opportunity and what they're going to get and what their role looks like. Um, and there's been a lot of people that are really excited about Harry Childs. Um, I mean, my timeline has been flooded with people mentioning him. And he looks the part. I mean, the talent is obvious there. You, obviously there. You can see why uh, so many people were high on him. I mean, from high school to the draft, everything. Like, he's got it all. Um, but I don't know how much time he's actually going to get on the court. Who is he going to beat out to have those minutes to show everyone? It's going to take someone going down, I think, in order for him to have those opportunities. So based on that thought process, I think that it's going to be Harry Giles that doesn't live up to that hype. And it's, I don't think it's going to be because it was his fault. I think it's going to be because those opportunities just aren't there for him to carve out that role. I mean, what was the question? I think it may have even been the Reverend Romulus asked who would get more minutes or something like that, Giles, or I forgot what the other option was. And we were just kind of just like, well, neither of these guys are really going to play was kind of our reaction. Mm -hmm. And so that you're probably right. He's gotten a lot of hype this preseason. I feel he's been like the Mario Hazonia of <laughs> the 2020 preseason for the Blazers, you know. Um, and I even, and yeah, I, what, I thought like, what if what if they had this Giles last season? Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. what, what could he do with those he, type of opportunities? He he likely would have been an upgrade from Wenyan Gabriel, who was getting important minutes in a playoff series against the eventual NBA champion, you know. Yeah. Uh but especially once Zach Collins comes back in January, as he's expected to, it's gonna be really tough for Giles to find a way to get on the floor. Mm -hmm. I mean, Stotts even said that and you know, after the second preseason game when Giles had just lit up his former team two games in a row. He talked about how it's just going to be hard for, he likes what he's seen, but he's got all these players in front of him. It's going to be hard for him to find minutes. And, but it's still a good signing. I'm glad you, you brought that up because it's good to be able to talk about him because he's been so good in the preseason yeah. and who knows how much of a story he'll be going forward. But. And, and he deserved the hype and the attention that he got. I mean, yeah, he was great. He looked so good out there. All right, guys, let's, let's talk about the league a little bit championship and awards time which team hoists the larry o'brien trophy at the end of the year who wins the mvp rookie of the year most improved player and sixth man of the year awards who wants to reveal their list first let's uh, go through the whole list or go one at a time let's go around the circle one at a time for this okay. one uh i'll start with the champion and i'm be interested to see if anyone went a different direction because i did it <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say the Lakers get it done again, and they go back-to-back, -back and LeBron gets ring number five. I'm, I'm rolling with the Lakers this year. I also have the Lakers. They're still the best team in the NBA. 
They got even better during the offseason, I think. I like Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Wes Matthews. Those are all good additions. Montrez Hall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think they still have the best one-two punch in the NBA. I think LeBron and Anthony Davis are the best one-two combo in, in the league. So, yeah, I have the Lakers winning it again. Yeah, no need to waste much time on this. It's a, it's a sweep for NBA champs. We saw oh, Come this on, man. We saw this went last year. This could be the kiss of death. Uh, for if Nate is if Nate is picking them or all three of us pick the same thing, it's usually not a good sign for us. But um, like we did with MVP last year, so yeah, Lakers for me that that team somehow managed to get better, um, which is incredible. Orlando, why don't you go right into MVP and and we'll go back around the horn. Okay, cool. So uh, my MVP, um, I, I think I kind of gave that away with how excited I am for the Mavericks. Um, I mm. think uh, this is Luka's year, Luka Doncic. Yeah. I think that he that he could average a triple-double. He does everything. Um, he's spectacular. He's popular. Um, he's someone that will make headlines all year long. Um, so with that said, I think he's got the perfect combination of someone that is on a national spotlight that uh, people will be aware of, both fans and media, that when he has a, a big night, it doesn't get forgotten. Um, so I think that that plays into it as well. And I think his numbers are going to be off the charts. So barring any injuries like uh, last year's prediction, um, <laughs> I really I really like Luca. Man, uh, I, I like believe he's pick. the – I believe – is that who you have, Jared? Go ahead. No, nah, I'll, I'll go last. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, I would say Luca, I believe, is the betting favorite preseason yeah. for MVP this year. Uh, the only reason I didn't pick him is because the highest any of us had the Mavericks in our preseason prediction was the fifth seed, and it's hard for teams in the five seed to have the MVP unless yeah. it's really spectacular like the Russell Westbrook year in Oklahoma City. Uh, so with that in mind, I'm going to go Kevin Durant as my MVP. Ah, interesting. Here. Uh, I, think, I think the Nets are going to be really formidable. Uh, their defense is suspect at best going into the year, but we'll see how – We'll see how they play. If the Nets are one of the top three teams in the East, then Durant will be playing great, and it will be a story everyone will love coming off the Achilles injury. I can already hear, I can already see the stories being written about it if this happens. So I'm going to go with Kevin Durant as the MVP. I like that one a lot. Um, so I told you I was all in. So I'm going full homer here. I'm picking Damian Lillard to win MVP oh, this season. Because oh, I had the Blazers man. finishing second in the West. I think if they finish second in the West and he puts up monster numbers like he's going to do, he has a couple of those unbelievable stretches during the season that he's had the past few seasons when he looks like the best player in the world, I think that he's going to win MVP if the Blazers finish second in the West. I know I'm going out on a limb here, but it's a fun limb to climb out on, so I'm going to go – I'm going to pick Damian Lillard to win MVP this season. I will say oh. you're, you're not alone, man, um, in terms of that. I think that Dame has legitimately entered the conversation. This isn't just a Pacific Northwest or, you know, West Coast <laughs> or even a Oregon uh, type take at this point. I, th I think you're right that he's, he could have the, the best year of his career. Uh, I know that our, our buddy Ben Golliver, he also uh, went with Dame. And then so did uh, uh, Rob Perez. So hmm. you, you at least have a, a couple of others nationally who, who believe the same thing that, that you do in that – uh, Dame could have a, an MVP year. I think Jerry. picking him to to win MVP versus picking him to like maybe finish top three is is the stretch. 
But, mm-hmm. I mean, this takes the season going the way I've predicted it, where the Blazers win, you know, almost get to 50 wins or get to 50 wins or something like that and finish second in the West. Yeah. I think if they do that, then he has a real shot. Yeah, Jared's at least consistent. If they are the number two seed in the West, Damian Lillard will be in the mix for MVP. Yeah, to your point, so much of this award is dictated by not only the the narrative of how special they are, but how good the team was. So uh, usually a top top two or three seed will get the job done, especially for Portland. Portland lands in in the two seed. Give it to them. All right. Uh, The next one, guys, is uh, Rookie of the Year. Why don't you start us off here, Jared? So I like Obi Toppin in New York. You know, I like him. But uh, I'm actually going to go with Killian Hayes. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes for the Pistons. I think he's going to fill up the stat sheet. You've seen it in preseason. He's leading the Pistons in minutes played. He is filling up the stat sheet. He's also shooting 22% from the field. So hopefully he'll get that straightened out. But I think he's going to put up good stats, and he's going to play a lot of minutes, maybe more minutes than, than most other rookies. So I'm going to go with Killian Hayes as Rookie of the Year. I was looking for a guy who uh, who will get minutes and could potentially be on a playoff team, mm. not necessarily be the leader, but be on one. And so I'm going to go with James Weissman. Yeah, I like State. that. I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to get minutes. And if the Warriors make the playoffs, then he's probably playing a factor in that. So I'm rolling with him. Those are, those are pretty good picks. I, I, I definitely debated Weissman, especially for that reason that the Warriors should be good and you know a playoff team and him contributing to that could factor in uh usage and minutes is like so huge with this award like the more run you can get the better your your chances are um so I think there's probably two or three this year or maybe even four that you can make a case for um I went with I went with Anthony Edwards uh we'll We'll see if he lives up to the to the hype. I think he's going to get a ton of run with Minnesota. I think it's uh, he's going to have those chances, and so just playing the the uh, numbers games, I like his chances. So I'll take Anthony Edwards. This right. year's a hard rookie of the year pick. Um, it is, like you said, Orlando. There's there's a handful of people you could pick, and the last two years. I mean, I know we were 0 for three last year, but Zion wasn't like a no. That, is, that sense made pit or that pick made sense. And then the year before that, I think all three of us picked Luca to win it, and, he, and we were right. But, um, but this year, it's more tough with Rookie of the Year. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to these last two pretty quickly so we can get some fan questions. And, and the return of Rip It. We haven't heard from Rip Max. We got, we got to get to that. So it's most simmering improved, right now, man. I know. I can see him. He's ready to go. <laughs> uh, most improved player, I went with Michael Porter Jr. with the Nuggets. So I think the Nuggets are going to be really good again, and I think he's going to be better. I also went with Michael Porter Jr. Same reasons. I think he's going to get a lot more minutes in Denver. I think he might double his scoring output from last season. Uh, clean sweep with that one. Uh, I went with that just just based on the the odds. Like like yeah. Jared mentioned, with the amount of playing time he could get, his numbers are much lower. So there's a lot more room for growth there. And when you see it on paper, for a lot of voters or people that may not see Denver play on a nightly basis, but you see those numbers pop out on the page uh it's going to be hard to deny that dude if all works out like many predict it will uh, the other player that i went with but i thought his numbers were too high just as an honorable mention is um since since uh i've been pretty big on the suns lately deandre ayton i know yeah. his numbers are, are really high already but i just think he's he's bound for a big year especially with chris paul being there yeah 
All right, uh, six man of the year. The last one, Jared, you sit, Jared, you go first. You always pick Lou Williams in this. Are, are you doing it? Jared? Are you going with Lou? Nah, he let me down last year. I didn't get the win with uh, – we, we could have avoided the goose egg, but uh, he didn't win six man of the year last year. So uh, I talked about him before when I was talking about the Lakers. Uh, I th it depends on I, – I think he's going to come off the bench. I know – We'll see, but Dennis Schroeder, I'm going to pick him, or Schroeder, I'm going to pick him to win sixth man of the year. I think he's going to get more playing time than normal and, and more opportunity to lead the Lakers when LeBron sits or when he you know, sits out a game even. And so I think that I considered Carmelo Anthony because I think he's going to score a lot of points as, uh, off the bench for the Blazers, but I'm going to go with Schroeder. Man, uh, I picked I picked this guy for rookie of the year last year, and I'm gonna go with him for sixth man this year. I'm gonna go with Tyler Hero. Nice uh, for the Heat. Uh, I think he showed he's great in the bubble. If he can continue to improve and follow in Duncan Robinson's footsteps, then uh, I think he's he's uh, bound to have a really good year. I thought Jared, I thought you were gonna go mellow. <laughs> I really did. As soon as it's. As soon as you said that they were the two seed, I thought, okay, he's going to have a couple of awards here to hand out to the Blazers. Um, I don't think that's a, a bad choice if somebody did predict Carmelo Anthony, especially what you saw in the preseason. Um, but, Nate, with, with you hyping up the Nets, um, I was also on the same page with that and thinking this team is going to be really good and um, there's, there's going to be, you know, offense. There's going to be a lot of offense in Brooklyn. And so I decided to go with um, – Spencer Dinwiddie. Nice. And um, when I saw reports that he's coming off the bench, um, that's a that's a good sign for them um, as their sixth man. So we'll mix yeah. it up here this year. We'll we'll we're, where's Brooklyn at, man? Let's go, Spencer Dinwiddie. I I considered the Brooklyn angle, but it just it seems uncertain as to whether Levert or uh, Dinwiddie's going to start. So that was yeah. the whole reason why I backed off. I wasn't willing yeah. to risk to risk it, man. And I saw that, but we'll we'll go all in on it. I wanted I wanted a Brooklyn pick somewhere in here. So there you go, there you go. I like it. I like it. All, all right. good stuff, guys. Uh, do do you guys want to hear from some of our listeners, or or should we just dive into Rip It first? I think Let's we do listener listen. questions and then end it with Rip It. So yes. we're saving the best for last. Yes. Max, hold on for just a little while longer, man. All it's right. gonna be hard, but I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Matthew at Reverend Romulus. Appreciate you always, man. Okay, so he's got a couple of questions here. It says, which will be higher in the first game of the season? The number of points Mello scores or the number of minutes Giles plays? Also, what happens first? Zach plays a game or I take down my Christmas light. And lastly... The kids want to know your favorite Christmas movie. I love all three of these questions. I, I don't love the, love I love the last. Questions. Yeah, did he try to steal your thunder? It feels like Matthew is uh, coming in on my corner a little bit with a rip it style <laughs> question. I'm not sure if I like it, Matthew. <laughs> He's definitely crouching. And as I, as I reminded Max, he and Matthew have some beef in the past. I don't know if you guys remember it, but Max called Matthew out for cheating on our podcast last season. So this well, is part two. Was I wrong? This, well, I mean, you weren't, you weren't. Oh, he's still sticking with it. I like it. 
<laughs> I like it. So this, uh, there, there's a little bit of a rivalry renewed here between Matthew and Max. No, I got nothing but love for Matthew and his kids. Go ahead, Good. answer the questions, guys. We, we have nothing but love for him, too. Uh, which will be higher the first game of the season? Mellow's points. Uh, we talked about how we don't know how Giles, where exactly he's going to get minutes. His best shot is early in the year, but I'm still going to go with Mellow scores more. Uh, what happens first? Zach plays a game where I take down my Christmas lights. Uh, unless you really like to leave those lights up, I'm going to say you take down the Christmas lights first. And the best movie is A Christmas Story, and there's no debate. Uh, if someone says something else, they're, they're wrong. All right. Well, I'm going to be wrong then. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> man, I love A Christmas Story, but it's not my favorite. So I'm going to go with Mello as well. I think that he'll probably get more minutes than Giles. Um, the second question is tough to know because, Matthew, I don't know how long you wait to take your Christmas lights down at the end of the, you know, after Christmas. Um, I'm going to say you take down your Christmas lights first. And then my favorite Christmas movie, and it has been since I was a little kid, is Home Alone. Mm. Oh, man. Christmas Story is in my top three, though. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was just telling Nate how I watched Home Alone for the first time in a while. Like, it was, it's, it's a classic. I uh, love it. And, man, I forgot just how good that movie is. It's so like, good. It's so good. Um, is it your favorite, though? Uh, no. For once, oh. I can say that Nate got this completely right. <laughs> Every question. But just for the sake of it, I think that Matthew is throwing us a curveball here, and he never takes down his Christmas lights. Oh. So I think Zach will play first. Everything else, um, Nate got right, though. Mello is going to shoot every time he touches the ball, basically. So he's going to get points. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Finally, let's check in with Justin Marazzo. And his question is, given, given some of the histories between opposing players and coaches, which Blazers games this season are most likely to bring some drama outside of just the basketball on the court? Full disclosure here, Justin Marazzo is my buddy who texted me this question. He listens to our podcast every week, and he wanted to, to get his question in. Um, awesome. Welcome, Justin. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. I think it's going to be the uh, the Clippers. I think that there's you've got Russell Westbrook. You know, you have the Nuggets. There's a little bit of rivalry there. But with the Clippers and the way they just love to mock Damian Lillard and the way Lillard seems to take that very personally, you know, it goes back to Paul George and the bad shot, you know, claim from the OKC series a, f- a couple years ago. And then the Clippers kept it going in the bubble last year. So I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely the Clippers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jared. The two players that immediately came to my mind, and therefore <laughs> the two teams were Paul George because of exactly what he talked about with the Clippers, and Patrick Beverly still yep. there with the Clippers, and he's a pesk. And Russell Westbrook, uh, obviously, and I talked about that whenever we talked about the schedule, that in, in late February they played the Wizards for the first time. And so that's the other one uh, that I – I was really, I'm really looking forward to seeing them against the Wizards this year. Clippers is a great answer because uh, we saw it, especially towards the end there in the bubble. Like, that was real. Uh, yeah. All of the, uh, the trash talk, the, you can tell that they can't stand each other. And then 
uh, just recently the uh, you know the social media beef that, that always picks up and, and Dame pokes Dame pokes at this so um, you at least have um, willing parties on both sides that are ready to um, I don't know I guess add to the flames but I'll throw one more out there just for fun uh, because whenever people ask me about rivalries uh, with the Blazers like who who are the teams that that uh, Blazers fans just don't like. And, you know, it's always the, the Lakers are always one that they just can't stand usually. But the other one that I always joke about is any team with Chris Paul. So I'm going to say <laughs> that somehow the uh, Phoenix Suns will enter the chat. There you go. I like it. They, that, imagine, I mean, the Suns and Blazers, or even the Blazers and Clippers too, but the Suns and Blazers could be like a first-round matchup in the playoffs totally. this year. Yeah. That would be fun. a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Tap those wrists, man. You know what time it is. <laughs> Best time of the podcast. Guys, it is great to be back with another week of Rip It. For those of you who are new to the podcast, Rip It is the game where these guys answer my five questions. They compete every week for the title of Rip It champion. And if there's a tie, there's no winner. So it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And we all know it's been a rough year to say the least. We're glad basketball is back. We hope everyone listening is having a safe and a healthy holiday season. Uh, to those who are celebrating, by the way, happy Hanukkah. We are going to do our best to get into the holiday spirit right away with my favorite annual tradition, the Rip It Holiday Spectacular. Yeah. You guys remember this one. Oh, I oh, had yes, forgotten, I but I remember. Wasn't it like Jingle Bell James or something <laughs> one year? You forget every year, and it comes back every year. It's oh, the best. Oh, man. It Love is. it. Spit that Love fire, it. Max. Spit that fire. All right, so here we go. We're going to talk about the Blazers' first three games of the season here. And we are going to start with the opener against the Jazz on the 23rd. Question for this game, which player will stuff more stockings and finish with more block shots in this game? Yusuf the Grinch Nurkic or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Gobert? Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Give me Rudy, man. Give me Rudy. Give me Rudy. All right, Nate, what do you think? I, I no, give me Nurk, man. Give me the Grinch. You going with the Grinch? Yeah. All right. Rudolph get Rudolph Rudolph gets too much love. Give me the Grinch. <laughs> it would right, not very... be rip it if I didn't go against Nate here. So yes. g- give me Rudy too. Oh yeah, another tradition. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> An- another tradition I had forgotten about. Yep. <laughs> you didn't go forget against about that. Nate. <laughs> I hurt you guys a lot last year when I ran away with the Rip It regular season championship. Why are you bringing up old stuff, man? Oh yeah, the past. I forgot. We're talking about the future. <laughs> Nate picking the Grinch. Uh, yeah, I, I don't very, even... very on brand for, for Nate here in Rip It. <laughs> yes. All right, we are gonna move on. Blazers versus Rockets on the twenty sixth. Who will gift wrap more assists for his teammates in this game? Damien Silent Knight Lillard <laughs> or John Deck the Wall? <laughs> I, I got a roll of Silent Knight because I'd love the nickname more than anything. Can't, like, that's not ever going to replace Dame time, but 
I like Damien Silent Night Lily. We'll get there. We'll get there someday. Especially if he ever does like the thing where he puts his <laughs> finger up to his mouth to like tell people to shut it. Silent <laughs> Night Lillard. <laughs> I like it, but I think John Deck the Wall is an even better nickname. And when it's just assists and that's what we're looking at, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with John Wall. Orlando, what do you think? Silent Night. Let's do it. <laughs> let's go let's go, Dave. He's he's holy he's, night. He's 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 so generous. <laughs> It it only it, it didn't take long for Orlando to veer away from the don't go with Nate strategy. Jumped right <laughs> on in on the next question. All right, next question, same game. Over or under twenty nine points for James Holly Jolly Harden. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw that photo. Him, I don't know if you saw that photo that was making the rounds this week, but he looks pretty Holly and he looks pretty jolly. Yeah, he, he, uh, he reminds me a little bit of Raymond Felton. <laughs> yeah, I got flashbacks. <laughs> All right, who's going first on this one? Over under 29. 29. 29. Now, if you now if he doesn't play for some reason, if, say, he's not on the Rockets, you want to go under if you think that's the case. I'm going to go under. Whether he's on the team or not, I think that he's not really in game shape right now, so I'm going to go under. It, that guy doesn't need to be in game shape to drop 29. Uh, he, he, he's going to – if he's playing, he's going to drop at least 30. So, I'm going over. Moment of truth. Oh, man, Orlando wants to go with me, but he also doesn't because he <laughs> – I, I can't go with Nate, dude. Give me the under. <laughs> Give me the under. All right. I love it. All right. Blazers at Lakers on the 28th. Stay with me here. Who will roast more chestnuts on an open fire by getting hot and making the most three-pointers in this game? Most three-pointers. Yes, got Is it. Anthony Slaybells Davis, <laughs> Carmelo Candy Cane Anthony. Oh, that's the best one. <laughs> or LeBron Jingle Bells James. It was Jingle Bring Bells James. I was right. I remembered. All right. Oh, man. All right, most threes. What do we think? Davis, Jingle. Anthony, or James? Jingle Bell. Jingle Bells, all right. Orlando, what do you think? Candy cane, three to the dome. <laughs> all right, I love it. I'm going to go against my better interests here. I'm going to go Jingle, Jingle Bell James as well. <laughs> all right, that brings us to the wild card question of the week. Here we go. And the question is, which team, Jazz, Rockets, or Lakers, will give the Blazers more lumps of coal in their stockings by scoring the most points against them? Jazz, Jazz Rockets, or Rockets Lakers? Who's going to score the most points against the Blazers? It's the best team in the West, Lakers. All right. I'm, I'm rolling with that, too. I'm hoping maybe they rest some of their guys. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lakers as well. I wanted to go with the Rockets, but I, I'm going to go with the Lakers, too. Clean sweep. What, you, All right. Like 30, minutes of, like 30 minutes ago, Jared, you said the Lakers aren't going to care about the regular season. And wow. now you got them scoring more points than the Jazz and Rockets? Come yes, on. I, yes, I do. <laughs> Come on, man. Sorry, man. All right. Well, your... you're just upset because that's going to cost you a win next next uh, week. You picked the same team as I did. I know, but it's going to cost you the win because I didn't oh. pick against. And that wraps up the Rip It Holiday Spectacular. It's great to be back. Excellent.
It came with an so, extra dose of pettiness, which I enjoy. <laughs> it always does. It, it wouldn't like be the holiday season without some pettiness. <laughs> and cherry pie for Jared. That's right. When he's well, sad because he's losing Rip It. We'll see. So, guys, uh, should have mentioned this off the top, but we're less than a week away from the start of the regular season. And Rip It is already back and true to form. Feels like we are complete now uh, with this podcast. This one is a loaded podcast where we went pretty long. So in the spirit of giving, we're going to take next week off and return better than ever the week after. But had to give you guys something to get ready for the season. Uh, really looking forward to it, guys. But um, time to take a, take a few days off. Yeah, time to time to enjoy, you know, the festivities, however you can safely doing so. And uh, yeah, I wish you all a happy holiday. Merry Christmas, you know, and that you all stay safe during this time. We can't we can't do we can't do this podcast with a man down. Got to have everyone going strong. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday too. you three and then everyone else who's listening. Um. Yeah, it's a great time of year. It'll be nice to take a little break off, spend it with our families. But we'll be back the week after Christmas. On that note, appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to rate us, comment, subscribe. Give us all the love you can so that this podcast can grow and other people can find us a little bit easier. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be back in two weeks for Orlando, Jared, Nate, and Max. Take care.